1: If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review to help others like yourself find this knowledge.
0: For all of the resources mentioned in this episode, check out our show notes at rebelgururadio.com forward slash episode 9. In this episode, explore the predictable future with Eric Pepin. Eric discusses supercomputing, the matrix, collective consciousness, and how this all ties into predicting the future. Then develop your own abilities to predict the future, and do readings by understanding how objects are imbued with energy, and how you can develop the skill of psychometry to decode energy. Enjoy! Many
1: um, years ago when I was young, as I told you, I did a lot of psychic work, and during that process, um, there was... Uh, a lot of questions that came into my mind, as I was saying yesterday, uh, when you predict the future, um, you at some point ask yourself, you know, how is this possible? How is this happening? I mean, is, is, is life predictable? Is it shaped? Is it molded? Is, are we just living in a petri dish that's predetermined? What's the point of life if everything's predetermined? And, you know, uh, I have a very scientific mind and a spiritual mind, this duality in me. So these are the things that I call the burning questions in me at various points of my life that I I had to have an answer to. And in that process, um, I found those answers. I I teach them. I've written about them. I lecture on them. And in, in a nutshell... You know there is some truth about life being pre-programmed, the same way that a flower knows to become a flower and an oak tree becomes an oak tree versus various other trees. There's a, a design to to everything to a certain degree. Everybody in this room has DNA. You have some of your mother's genetics, some of your father's genetics. Whether we like it or not, it's there when we laugh and we're like, "Damn, there it is." Okay, so. <sighs> There is also an element of uniqueness that we derive from. I call that the third. That's the uniqueness from which you come from. But there are other forces in the sense of awareness that we we probably... It's a little hard to wrap your your mind around, and I'll, I'll try to keep it as simple as possible. When we have a child, the child might be five years old, they think they know it all. Ten years old, they think they know it all, Okay. We, being older, wiser, more experienced, can pretty much see a scenario how it's going to go down when they got a big glass of, of, you know, something to drink, and it's out of plastic cup, and they had to fill it all the way, and they're telling them, we're like, hey, that's a bad idea, don't take so much, yeah, 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 they know. So is that a predictive ability? Yes, Okay. I would say with a level of surety, you can figure from point A to point B by that distance, you're going to say, 10 to 1, halfway through, sure, it's going to hit the floor. That is predicting, Okay. Now, the level of that accuracy may be in question, but it's probably going to be based on repetition, experience. You know, you just kind of know the drill. And you can say with a level of confidence, I'll bet 90% that thing's going to hit the floor. When one thinks of this day and age of a computer, it really is a game changer for the first time in this really generation as a population to say that we all have computers, we can put in any equation, and it's gonna do our calculations on it, it's gonna do other variations, we're gonna draw pictures, it's gonna generate stuff for us. It's got a microcomputer in there that's generating millions of algorithms, and it's it's coming up to a conclusion, and that conclusion is usually always dead on. It's a predictable outcome, okay? So I have said for 20, 30 years now, imagine a room like this, but imagine it's just all concrete and smooth for the sake of it, and it's illuminated, we can see, you know, all these silly things. And for those of us who are old enough to remember what a super ball is, okay? Super Bowl is a small kind of hard rubber ball, and you bounce that, it's got a lot of bounce to it, okay? And if you were to take that, or I was to take it, and I would chuck it and hit the ground, it's going to bounce all over the place. And while it's bouncing around, i would say, hey, I want you to put your finger on the spot it's going to stop at. That it ain't going to happen, OK? It's, it's almost impossible to, with, with bouncing all over the place, to figure that out. So one would say, it's, that's impossible. And then I would say, well, if you had a computer that could measure the trajectory of the ball, the amount of torque or speed thrown into it, the velocity, the density, the room temperature, all of these variables, and it had a little laser light that could move around, do you think it could stop about where that ball's going to stop? So here's the thing. What was once impossible to predict the future now is possible, and we consciously will say to ourselves, yeah, that's absolutely feasible. Now, 50 years ago, the majority of people in this room wouldn't have been able to conceive that. So we've grown as a society in our grasp and our understanding of technology and how that affects our understanding of our everyday life. So when we go back to my question as to how is it possible for me to see, do a reading, see a white pickup truck, you know, Uh, driving down the road and it bumps into a, you know, ho-ho Twinkie pickup truck or something, you know, doing their deliveries and it's going to rear end it and the guy's going to come out yelling and his stomach's hanging out because the shirt's too short. How is that possible to know? And so there's this one thing where you, you panic and you say to yourself that everything is predictable. And you go through this kind of mini meltdown if you do enough psychic readings that you start reflecting on this. Am I like, God, am I making this all happen? Ah, well, then there would be more Twinkies. But the reality is, the answer is no. The, the thing is, is where am I getting the information from? And in so, why am I able to get it from objects? So, the first thing is, I believe that there is levels of consciousness like computer databases. When you go on your home computer and you go on the Internet, the Internet isn't going to one supercomputer hovering in in the, 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 you know, orbiting the planet, okay? It's likely going to what is considered maybe like a relay point, per se, a server, and that server's going to be maybe five miles down the road or 10 miles down the road, and it's going to be at the local phone company or cable company. It's a big computer. And that computer copies and mirrors other computers that are updating themselves. So something that's updated in Australia, by the time it updates on your local computer, it might be about maybe a matter of hours later to 24 hours later, and it makes a mirror copy. So when you go to get that information, it's fast because you're just going to the local computer pulling it. But overnight, it was making copies for you. So it's constantly removing data, changing data, updating stuff. Is everybody following me? And that's how all of this kind of works on a global level. Well, how I see things is this. I believe that the planet is a living organism, Okay, It's a living thing, just like you. If I was to ask you, point to you, you can't do it. The most you can do is say, I'm maybe here, because you hear your thoughts. And I would say, but. What part of that is, is you? It's made out of billions and trillions of living organisms, cells, protozoan organisms moving on your eye, mating, running, being eaten by other organisms. Uh, okay. So there, there's all this stuff going on that you have no say in whatsoever. It's just part of this whole thing that's making you up as a living being, this this conglomerate of living cells. You got billions of living cells when you're dusting in your house. 80-some-odd percent of that dust is actually your dead skin that's flaked off, okay? That's all the dead bodies from people who have lived or died over the last 300 years that are in some cemetery, if you want to look at it that way. On a micro level, it's cells that have died, all of which have given their life for you to attain the information you have. Every time you touch something and you feel a structure, each little tiny speck is contributing almost like their soul is collectively like puzzle pieces million of them go into your mind building an image of whatever you're touching hearing feeling smelling tasting it's all being converted into a form of electricity for your consciousness and that consciousness is being stored in a server which is your brain and it has different compartments for different forms of information to share it as they surrender their data to you in their life cycle, which is very quick. It's like a fly going to swat it. It's like we move slow to it. It's, it's faster in a sense, so its life expectancy is different in how it perceives. We live and exist, and some of us, nobody in this room, because you're white cells, you're special, uh, but I say that not everybody necessarily has a soul, and that's hard to swallow for some people. They're like, Eric, how could you say such a thing? Listen, I'm not that heartless, OK? If you hear me out, you'll see where I'm coming from, OK? But there is a need for the planet as a living organism to have a level of information surrendered to it. We are that nervous system, that collection of absorbing information, and thoughts. We all experience similar things, and this becomes like a collective of thoughts, so it pools. There is one for the solar system as the planets live and die, they Kind of consciousness of billions of years is collected in a kind of static consciousness So then goes the the galaxy into even a much Vaster neural system, and then it go on so on and so forth if you look at the universe you will see what looks like Microorganisms, but you zoom in it's, its solar systems its galaxies zoom out It looks like what you would see in a microscope under your blood Macro micro I've said it for 40 years practically, okay so When I say that my mind goes into a place where I'm pulling information, that information is like a computer system, it's a database. I'm moving my mind into something like the Super Bowl that's much more intelligent than any computer and it's aware of everybody's life. It's aware of of who you are, what you're doing, who your mother is, your father. It's, It's a sentient awareness, much the same way that if you got an infection on your toe, All the white cells in your body, no matter how far in that universe, because they're micro, they have a sense of awareness. There's a shared intelligence. So they collectively begin moving to do their job if it's job-oriented for what they do. White cells are going to fight disease okay, and viruses and so on. So there is a Wi-Fi, if you will, on a micro level. There is a Wi-Fi on a spiritual level. Am I losing anybody? Okay. So in essence, when I'm doing a reading, the second element is, how do I know specifically that it's about this person rather than this person or that person? By holding the object it belongs to that person, I believe there is an energy field that it emits from all of us. It is kind of like, you could say, the the life force from you, the intelligence, the electricity, the consciousness, your soul, and it imbues into objects. It's to say, I say to people, well, have you ever put on somebody else's clothing? You put it on and for a certain amount of time, you swear you feel like your friend or that person for a few moments. And then after a few minutes or so, you resaturate it with your own energy because yours is always going to be more robust. it is coming from you. And so it's like a sponge. You reprogram that shirt that you're wearing. But if you wear it for a moment, it feels like that person. You walk into someone's house, you like, it's kind of got a, a vibe to it, a feeling, an intelligence that you feel within you in a sense, a kind of knowing. Some houses can have good vibes. Some houses can have vibes that are, are bad. Some houses can be indifferent. But you feel it. So you can feel it on a micro level, you can feel it on a big level. Even a town can have a feeling if you're new to it. Once you adapt to it, you adjust and you kind of are part of that environment then. You're not really thinking about it. But if you're intuitive, sensitive, call it whatever you want, you're paying attention to what you're feeling because you're trying to get an idea of information from it. So when... You have something that belongs to somebody as a psychic to do psychometry, you hold it. And when you hold it, it's kind of like in the old days, I used to say it's like a VCR with information about that person. Today, you would say it's like a USB drive or, or something like that. So you allow your mind to move into it. And so, in today's terminology that I think the majority of people would understand, I would say, Think of it as zeros and ones that are very complex, but it's unique to you. No two people have the exact same frequency of numbers. So you more or less like a radio station are dialing into a very specific radio station and you hear that kind of music you're looking for, whether you're looking for rap or rock or whatever country, you are choosing to select that frequency. So a psychic or a person who's using their mind is going into that frequency with an intent. That intent is, this person wants to know what the future holds for them. That's an intent. Uh, it's an interest or motive or direction we're pushing my mind, so if I throw the ball, I could say I want to throw it over that way. That's my intent. If I want to throw it this way, I would throw it that way. That's my intent. It's not to just throw it and you're not thinking about it. You, you have a desired outcome or something you want it to do. So, when you do that, you clear your mind The consciousness, the Wi-Fi, it's like putting in information into the Internet and hitting enter. The person then is starting to see what are either images or audio or sometimes a kind of knowing, like you, you simply become aware of something as if you remember it, but you don't have a means of where you got that memory from. It just begins to enter your mind, and you convey that. The level of that accuracy is going to be on how much you doubt yourself is what I call it. Doubt yourself is when you start to question your thinking or what are the chances of me being right about this. More so it's the fear factor, the fear of being wrong or what if I'm off on this or I'm gonna be ridiculed or whatever. And this is what keeps us in check with our own sensory abilities is that fear of being wrong versus just saying, the hell with it, I'm just gonna chuck it out there, okay? You tend to chuck it out there. I also find that most people, and don't take this wrong, because none of you guys would apply to this, people are liars, not in a bad way, but people want to kind of interpret or hear things in a way that they want to hear, and when you say something, they may not be getting the same picture that you're describing, like you might have to slow down and think about what you're saying and put it in different words or be more articulated, uh, yada, 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 but the point to all this, so I don't digress, is that there is a database of consciousness from all living things. There's living data. When you sleep, I call it the uploading. You're, you're letting your mind upload your day's events, your experiences, okay? Your mind right now, everybody's Wi-Fi together. This is called allisoni, all is one. It's a unified consciousness, okay? And this goes for the universe. This goes for us. This is more or less science in a way. But it's the idea that everything is unified. And the idea is to access that place. So when I say, how is it possible for me to see the future, it doesn't mean that the future is predetermined no more than to say that the child picking up the glass and walking away with it, as much as you know there's a very good chance that that's going to spill, that's based on your experience of seeing patterns. It doesn't mean that's literally going to happen. So it's not a predictive written on a computer disk. It's simply happening in live time. But you use the ability to foresee a probable future. And that's what I'm doing. I'm dialing into a system of consciousness when I pick a frequency from a person and it's giving me the possibility, the most likelihood of what's going to happen. Just like that ball bouncing a million places, but it can count that high where we look at it and we go, that's just impossible. But not unless we accept the fact that there's something that can go that high and we have access for it to give me, for it to give you the outcome. Everybody with me? Am I boring anybody? All right. Yeah, well, that's the right answer, anyway. All right. So this goes back to to when I was talking about imbuement, Okay. When I realized at some point as I grew older that I was getting information that a person actually unconsciously, everybody's imbuing. You're imbuing your glasses, your jewelry, your clothing. You're, You're imprinting it with your vibe, your frequency, your uniqueness. This is how a person can feel it. This is how anybody could put your shirt on and for a few moments they feel like they're kind of you, not themselves. It's like a blend, okay? And then eventually your energy will overtake that. So this is, in a sense, imbuement. It's programming. So when you look at it as programming or computer programming or pushing a vibe into something, the question is, can there be a way to intentionally program something intensely so that affects the person who's holding it or utilizing it. And this is called imbuing. Old school would be blessing, saying I'm going to bless this for good things to happen or something like that. But to me, that's not a very good, strong, written kind of program into it. You want it to be kind of chiseled in there, okay? So when I say to someone, okay, well, I've worked with this for an hour. I imbued it. That means I'm meditating. My mind is pretty damn disciplined, okay? If my mind's focused on something and whoever has this is going to be positive, they're going to have happiness in their life, they're going to have finances or whatever, I cannot say to you you're guaranteed that. What I can say is if you got really shitty luck, it's just gotten a lot better, okay? (laughs) Uh, it's, an, it's, a, it's an odds game of how this computer algorithm senses and determines how it's going to, to work with you. Now, that may seem a little bit unusual, but this gets into kind of where I want to go tonight with some of the stuff I want to teach, okay? This is something that you would put something in, and it's going to amplify, okay? Okay. What that is, that's personal to you, okay? Most people are going to think, I'm going to put money in it and more money is going to come. Yes, the truth of the answer is, is I believe that will happen, okay? It doesn't mean you're going to become a billionaire. It just means that the chances of the odds of you having something land in your favor are going to be exponentially so. As you overuse something, you exhaust something. So I say put it up for a little bit, take it back out then, okay? But I would hope that people would put things in here like a loved one, that they want very beautiful things to happen for them or they want something wonderful or good to happen for somebody else. It's, it's that kind of creative thinking that people should always endeavor to, to work towards, okay? Anybody can imbue something. Everybody does it every day. I teach this in Ties That Bind. If you go into a house, you can say, oh, I feel really relaxed here. There's some houses you go into, and one minute you're talking to your your husband or your partner or whatever, and they're sleeping. They're so relaxed, they just conked right out. That's, like, unusual for them, but they felt so relaxed and so able to do that. Other times they feel drained, like something's just sucking me dry here emotionally or something. This is programming. This is imbuing unconsciously. People can have really bad energy. They push it into all the objects, the, the furniture, the house. This has become saturated, okay? This is imbuing still. It's another level, okay? Other times you can go to some place that looks like crap. You go in there and you're like, it's really comfortable energy in there. And it's true. They're really good people. They just happen to be sloppy. Uh, there's other houses you can go to. It's pristine. And you're going there, you're like, ugh, sick to my stomach. There's something bothering me. I need to escape this environment. So it's not just what you see is pretty. You feel it. And this tells the truth. So this is imbuing. This is when it's programmed. Now, most people do this through repetition over time. And this is why an environment or a home or a town, it starts to collect certain kinds of people, certain kinds of frequency. People unconsciously are like robots in a lot of ways. Spiritual people feel things. We're 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 kind of like like if at, at worst case scenario, we're like something's not right here. I don't know what it is, but I feel it to my bone. I don't want to be a part of it, or I just need to get away from it, or this person's got bad mojo, I don't care how nice they are, how sweet they are, I know it, we feel it. But when I say red cells, uh, the people who really just don't go into the whole spiritual aspect, they don't they do not understand it, I think of them as automated. They They go through life, they do everything, we have to do this too, but there's this entrenchedness of functioning, and what makes their buttons get pushed or maneuvered or directed in certain ways, like minions, okay, is all this kind of programming in environments. It's what, it's what kind, of, kind of guides them or encourages them in different directions. So, like, I hate to say, like, herds, because it sounds bad in a way, but it's kind of unconsciously they're, they're moved through life to, this is the beginning of your life, and this is how your life is going to end, and these are the circumstances by which it's going to be defined. And it's really sad in a way. Spiritual people feel this, they sense things, but how much power they have over that depends on the amount of knowledge and the amount of practice you have of your awareness and how much you choose to to change that effect. And it's not always easy. So because everybody's imbuing, when one says, well, when you imbue something, what's the difference? The difference is, is, hey, I I don't want to say, I'm a master, okay? But listen, for many decades now, I have worked on focusing a certain feeling, a certain emotion, a certain thought. I'm incredibly disciplined. This is like a very extreme martial arts of the mind. And if you're gonna have somebody put a very specific vibe into something and say, I'm gonna wear this on me, this is something that's precious to me, or this is something I'm putting in my house, okay? You better make sure that you trust that person that he didn't have a real shitty day at the time he decided to work on your object or somebody pissed him off and he started screaming like, I'm
0: meditating, can't you see?
1: You know, like, all right, brr. okay. So, you know, uh, there are times where I just simply won't work on stuff sometimes for days at a time because there's too much stuff going on in the office. There's too many things going on. I'm like, look, that person may want it, but... I am a stickler about, I have to be in the right place. My staff will tell you. There's times where they're like, you gotta get this done. I'm like, I can't work on that now. I've gotta focus on these things. And when I know I'm ready to go 100%, I'll do it. That's the difference. So when somebody says it's imbued or something, anybody can imbue, all of you guys. I believe any spiritual person can do this. But when you do it, there's a responsibility that you are taken upon yourself to put your very best interest and not your ego, not your personal interest or gains, into that for that person 100%, okay? And you gotta really do a self-check when that happens. So this is what imbuement is. Imbuement is to put a conscious programming into something and that it projects out 24 seven in your favor.
0: Um, So you said there's like this Wi-Fi system that we're all connected to. And um, so I was wondering if you knew any like techniques that were good for shielding Mm -hmm. or like is it kind of is shielding good or is it shielding bad because like it's kind of like the law of attraction if you shield too much then it's like you're kind of drawing in the negative because you think that you need to be protected by something
1: well i i think that there's a level of intuitive adjusting kind of like your body will normally unless you're ill self-regulate a certain temperature okay there is shielding techniques and the the idea is that you pretty much have an idea why you're doing it usually okay I, I most people don't kind of do the shielding, and I'll go into that, because they just want to throw up shielding. And in some cases you do, but there's things in your mind that you're like, okay, I'm feeling certain negative vibes from either certain people or circumstances, and you're, you, you, that is your intent. That's like choosing what direction you're gonna throw the ball again, okay? So when you are doing that practice, okay, and what we do is we call it a pyramid. It's, it, and this is the thing, it doesn't mean literally that there's a pyramid, okay? It's in your mind, there's certain things that you kind of can work with. You can accept as being, okay, I understand. You, you got to tag stuff, you got to give it a meaning. So if you just say, I'm putting shields up, does that mean you got an armor up, you got a suit on? So you need a practical kind of thing to work with that you, you feel comfortable with. So we, we kind of settled on the idea of a pyramid. And the pyramid is basically you got your four corners and a bottom. And what we say is you kind of start off with creating a thin line in the middle of you as you're meditating. And you see the thin line kind of becoming like four directional kind of width. And uh, the width begins to push out from the core a kind of a wall, and that wall becomes your, your corner. It becomes this pyramid. And a base begins below you, and it pushes below you. It pushes outside of you. You make it large enough so that when you're standing in it that it's kind of all right. You want to be covered. you know. You want, I, I need those walls up, OK? And one can have different ways you visualize this. And, but at the end, I kind of think of it like Star Trek, uh, Star Trek, like a force field, if you will. And the reason it starts off from the center is because there's always this little thing in your head that goes, "Well, what if I put it up and it's in here with me already?" Okay, and you're like, "But you know, how do I get it out?" You know, what if I'm so you you start from your inner core, which is this pure level. It's like a like a hair angel hair level, you know, and this is like the. Essence of reality, God, the purest level, if you will. And you expand it. And this is like kind of like a big snow plow for snow, I always imagine. It's pushing anything through your celestial being, your organic being, your energy, whatever, cosmically, whatever. It's moving it all outward, okay? And when you're finished with that, that's the first level of creating shielding, okay? So you're saying to your mind, to this field of energy, or when you see auras, I teach people to see the human ore you you are telling that field of energy in reality look if somebody has some funky vibes for me and they're projecting it at me i want you to push those vibes back i want you to burn it and push it right out so in that case that's what your energy is doing it's it's sensing or detecting that frequency that has an ill intention for you or an aggressive intention and that person will feel that response okay so in either case That's the first step. Maintenance is the second. got to kind of do it once every day or two because your mind can wander. It's it's not something you have to be thinking about, but you kind of set it and forget it. I hate to pull that one. but The second thing is what we call cord cutting. Cord cutting is when someone's mind is on you, this is kind of creating like a a psychic web. There are people that are vampires and you feel them kind of draining on you or pulling your, your energy, there are other people who you can kind of feel like their thoughts are on you, or they want something from you, and you're like, I just, I just feel it, you know it. This is being intuitive, we're, we're aware, we sense things, and it's about feeling and being consciously aware of them, okay? And in that process, this is what we consider a webbing. Okay, that webbing attaches to you, and it's kind of like a data cable. Okay? It's like a Wi-Fi. It's, it's, they're, they're jacking your Wi-Fi on your laptop at the coffee shop okay? because you didn't use a good antivirus program or something. So essentially what you want to do at that point is you clear your mind, and from just below your belly button, we envision what we call a sword, but it's really just kind of this energy of yourself. That's the energy you trust is from you. And you essentially bring it out. You think about these cords kind of on your your shielding, not necessarily on you, but it could be on you if you're at that point. And you move this constantly thinking. Your thought is the most important. If your mind is wandering, come back down, clear your mind, restart again, okay, until you got it right. You come up, you cut it. Uh, I like to think of mine as being a lightsaber. So a little flashy, but, you know, Uh, you know, use whatever you got, butter knife, whatever. I don't care, you know, as long as it gets the job done, you know. Um, So you essentially are cutting their psychic connection to you. You're saying to your energy, not that it literally knows it's being cut, but you're saying, look, this is how serious I am. I want to remove this person's energy on me, their interest on me, or their will to control me or manipulate me, or put their, you know, constantly I'm thinking about them for some reason because I, I know they're like on me. So you cut that, but you're telling your conscience your energy field, really in programming, shut them down. Shut whatever's going down, it's not copacetic, I'm not good with it, I want it off of me. And that's what you're doing. And so by having a practical system, okay, that you can work with, your your mind and your energy knows exactly what's going on and it's gonna follow suit. And it's worked for decades. It's very potent, works real well. And you will find that there are tons of people in one way or the other. There's people who want stuff that are co-workers. They want you to cover shifts for them. They want you to maybe do some of their paperwork or something. There's siblings who maybe want to ride or borrow something from you. This seems trivial, okay? But at the same token, as you become more intuitive, you start to get your mind where it's just speeding up. You get like uh, the the babbler, we call it. So when you're trying to meditate and you're trying to have this this level of just quiet and you're trying to control it, it's it's not that these people necessarily have a bad intention. And just because you're cutting those cords, it's not like they're being punished. Like you're gonna, oh my God, what something just happened, you know. Um, It doesn't work that way. But in in a sense, you're saying, I need a timeout. You know when you're cutting those cords, who are the the ones that are okay? You know, mom's energy is good, but she's being a little demanding right now, a little silly. So I just want to remove this all of me. Other people, you want to be like, I am cutting this beanstalk down, okay? You know, it's like power saw time. It's just like somebody you just want to back off. So you know, you intuitively know these things. So the design is by having a way to approach that. I mean, how do you, under normal circumstances, say, I know I got bad vibes on me. How do, how do I remove those vibes? How do I shake that off? You need to have psychologically a construct to work with yourself that is practical and effective and that your consciousness and mind will understand what it is you're asking from it. And that's what we do.
0: This episode was recorded at a free Higher Balance event in Chicago.
1: If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review to help others like yourself find this knowledge.
0: If you would like to support this podcast, please visit our online store at higherbalance.com. Meditation. It's more than just relaxation. There are different kinds of meditation, just like there are different tools to do a job. Finding the right kind of meditation will decide whether you awaken or whether you just simply drift. Energy More than just a thought, but of movement that you can literally feel through your body. Visions more than a faded idea within your consciousness, but rather a vivid reality so clear it'll make you question reality itself. Meditation, if used properly, will show you how to move the currents of your mind into a better life, a more prosperous life. Consciousness expanding, memory improvement, inner balance, higher balance. Most of all, discover who and what you are and what you can do. Join us at Higher Balance Institute. We'll help change your world.